with another episode of Can You Dig It, a podcast by Silver Screen and Roll and SB Nation Lakers community. You can follow us follow us over at Lakers SB on social at Lakers SBN. Uh, my name is Christian Rivas and I'm joined as always by Grant Goldberg. Grant, bud, how how are you recovering from whatever last night's game was? Well, in response to it, I've burned all my Lakers jerseys. <laughs> I've switched to being... Well, I'm actually a fan-free agent right now. Um, I'm going to be taking meetings this weekend. I'm going to be flying out to each city and, and seeing whether uh, you know the, the lifestyle suits me there. So uh, it's a really busy weekend coming up. No, but, but seriously, um, you know, I think we're in a... In the middle of a dumpster fire, I, I think it's to be expected with LeBron out. Uh, we went through, I mean, games that looked like this last year. Uh, sure as heck didn't even look like that the years before that. Uh, and so I, it's it's kind of par for the course. I haven't forgotten where we were the, the past couple of years. Yeah, and uh, I think that was kind of my, I don't want to say issue or the, what I was annoyed with, but... I mean, the Lakers are missing three of their top five players. I mean, you can argue top five players on the roster, but I mean, they're definitely missing their top two scorers and their top two assist leaders. And it's really, really hard to win games without the guys that are really like the offense of the team, because we know how much Luke's half-court offense is implemented when those guys are out the team's offense comes to a standstill and it's just not an ideal situation but it's a it's the reality that the team faces right now so you know i think losing a game to the oklahoma city thunder like uh they did on wednesday uh a team who has the number one ranked defense in the nba you know, for the outcome of that game or the reaction to that game on Twitter being like Luke needs to go. This young core needs to go. Um, that's that's an issue to me. Yeah. And, you know, for for some of the reason that, you know, they say Luke needs to go. I, I, I think there are obvious faults in uh, Luke's coach, coaching style. But that's going to be apparent in any young coach. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of fans, myself included, uh, like grew into this team as Luke Walton did. And so, you know, I have probably too strong of an emotional tie to Luke Walton, but, uh, like, let's not to say that I can't see that, you know, some things need to change in his philosophies. Um, but, and, and I'm not calling for him to be fired. Uh, I'm just saying there's room for improvement. Coaches can get better as well. Um, but the free throws are an issue. I think it goes past the players in this case. It's a coaching staff issue as well. Uh, they really desperately need a shooting coach. Uh, they've resulted to uh, trying to keep track uh, on a sign-in sheet who's practicing their free throws, which is embarrassing. Um, and then, I'd, And as far as trading the young core, I mean... 
I guess now the argument is is probably stronger than ever. Uh, you know, looking at it from a team standpoint with LeBron, you know, it's a win now situation. You can't wait for these guys to develop uh, a whole lot more. But I think it'd be really reactionary to uh, to go in and try to trade every young player that the Lakers have after uh, an ugly four game stretch. Yeah, and the. I want to go back to the free throw thing for a second. It's a, it's a really, really big problem. I think it was less of a problem last year because the Lakers were a mostly bad team and those games where they missed free throws weren't going to keep them out of the playoffs. But uh, this year it might not only keep them out of the playoffs, um, it might keep them out of a playoff series if they get there, um, especially with players like Lonzo Ball, who started the game shooting off 0 of 5 from the free throw line. Uh, I, I mean, every time he walks up to the line, his shots look like they're going to clank in. From the, your starting point guard that can't that, – that the, the way he plays, if he's not getting – an open shot at the rim or an open three pointer, he's not going to score. So the closest thing to a sure thing for Lonzo is going to be getting to the line and you can't even make those. And I think with him, especially that's going to be a big problem going forward. If he can't clean up that free throw shot, because otherwise where is he going to get his offense? Yeah. And then he's a guy that relies on, not really having the ball in his hands for very long uh, in the half court. So, you know, whenever he touches the ball, it immediately moves. We've seen uh, more recently that he's, you know, being more aggressive, trying to get to the rim. And uh, that's, you know, part of the reason why the Lakers' free throw struggles have been so prominent, too, because, you know, you have a shooter like that on the rim, uh, not on the rim, at the free throw line like Lonzo, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to look even uglier than the stats say. Um, and it's not to say that it can't be fixed, you know, but I, 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 Pete Zai's uh, Laker film room, he said that, you know, these issues for the Lakers, Lonzo especially, you know, it, it's not even practicing the free throws. It's, you know, the fundamental way they shoot them. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I believe the way Pete described it, and, and I'm just going to read his tweet, he said, Lonzo lifts his right heel off the ground, but not his left heel when he shoots free throws. He's never seen a player do that. And uh, he even said they can shoot a 1,000 free throws every day, but he doesn't expect the results to change because technical falls aren't addressed. Uh, Yeah, they they need to go in and and kind of reconstruct the way they shoot free throws. I mean, Lonzo, for his rookie year, it seemed like he was just flinging the thing. Uh, and, And then... You, know, you have guys like Brandon Ingram who should be shooting better from the line as well, uh, given how much how many mid range shots he takes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's just it's frustrating to see because you know, and and, and this is like kind of a, a weird thing to pick out for me, but like even on like situations where they get and one opportunities, like where they can get a big three point play, and they're just clanking these free throws off the rim. And, uh, I mean, those are big for momentum, like, mm-hmm. within the game. Like, it's a game within the game. And I just I, I don't know if this is going to be fixed during the season. My guess is probably not, only because uh, when, when, you know, people talk to Luke about what they need to do to fix the team's free throw shooting problems, uh, he thinks it's a, 
a mental thing, which I think is a large part of it. And as a player, as a former player himself, uh, I, uh, that's probably the reason he feels that way. But when you look at the shooting mechanics of a lot of these players at the free throw line, it's clearly not just a mentality thing. Like, it's like saying that the reason I can't make the NBA is a mentality thing. It's like, no, <laughs> I'm I'm not in great shape. I there's no way I could keep up with the other guys in the league. It's uh it's a it's a preparation issue. It's a it's a shooting issue, and it's a whole one. I hope re- comes to a resolution sooner rather than later. Because if it doesn't. That's that's a really really big problem. Um, uh, wait, one second. I like the reason why you said that you couldn't be in the NBA <laughs> is that you're just not in shape. Exactly. Like, do we need to see you get in shape so you can make the league? Like this is I mean, something that needs to happen now. Yeah, it is. Um, and I shoot run up at a at your local LA Fitness, catch me there, and we'll see what happens. But uh, um, in all seriousness, free throw shooting isn't the lone reason the Lakers lost the game last night. Um, the reason they lost is because in my opinion, the thunder had the first second and third best players on the floor last night. Um, and the best player on the floor last night, even if he might not be the thunder's best, uh, player on every night was Paul George. And, you know, that's a, that's a real sensitive name to Lakers fans, including myself, because of course, uh, that's a player that they coveted in free agency and wanted to pair next to LeBron James, but he ultimately snubbed them in free agency, didn't even take a meeting, uh, you know, just over a year after requesting a trade to the Lakers. And uh, he received a pretty harsh reception from the Fantasy Staples Center yesterday. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, I saw, like, a mass outrage at Lakers fans for that reason. Um, and I, and at the time, and, and, and even still a little bit now, I don't know how self-aware other NBA fans are. Like, if that happened to them, they'd probably at, be as mad. Uh, Paul George, for, like, almost two years, you know, went on and on. Every opportunity, it seemed, mm-hmm. uh, about how he wanted to be a Laker. And, and I, I said this last night on Twitter, but, you know, it's his decision to make. Like, you know, it's totally understandable to, you know, stay and, you know, you have that relationship with the Thunder and Russell Westbrook, and you want to win, and uh, you don't want to mess up what you already have, and and, and loyalty. And so I, I get that. I get all that. But the way in which it happened, uh, the way in which he went about um, his trade requests and you know free agency and, and taking every opportunity, it seemed, to kind of make it seem like he was leaning towards that, but... I don't know the whole Sports Center documentary, and I don't know. It just seemed like there's reason for fans to be upset because it really seemed like it was going to happen. So the letdown was really big, mm-hmm. and, and obviously fans, you know, some fans are going to react worse than others, and you know that's obviously you know you got to condemn that, and that shouldn't be a thing because it's only sports. But uh, you know, I, I think you know when fans are reasonably upset, and and the extent just goes to booing. I, I think that's per- perfectly fine. We see fans boo all the time. Just mm-hmm. the Lakers have such a big and extensive fan base that you know it just gets a little louder because maybe it pops up because 
the 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 nasty language and and, and stuff like that pops up because of the size of the fan base and, and again I want to say that I'm not in support of that and I'm not okaying that behavior from Laker fans so if you want to be reasonably upset at Paul George that's fine go ahead mm -hmm. boo the heck out of him but no, don't <laughs> come after his family uh, you can make fun of Oklahoma City I guess but like keep it I'm gonna say keep it PG PG-13 <laughs> uh, I don't know I don't know man uh, and I think what probably hurts Lakers fans even more uh, is the fact that he's playing so well. I mean, if he was like the Dwight Howard thing doesn't hurt so much anymore because he's played on like a dozen teams over the last six years. I mean, it's a it's a very clear digression, even when he was with the Lakers. Um, I think the hope that Dwight Howard w would when everybody was, you know, adv advocating for him to resign with the Lakers. It was this idea that uh, he was going to come back healthier. He was going to be that dominant big man he was uh, before he came to the Lakers. And that just never happened with Paul George. I mean, you can argue that he's the best version of himself that he's been in his career. And not only that, the type of, of style he's playing and the way he's playing would be the perfect compliment to LeBron James. And I think more than anything, uh, that's what's uh, irking Lakers fans the most right now. And I get it. I would have liked to have Paul George on the team. I'm not going to pretend like we didn't send tweets out from the silver screen and roll account about like, you know, wanting, wanting Paul George in the Lakers or, uniform, but or even, I mean, even like how he's for sure going to be a Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it was a disappointing development, but, uh, it's the decision he made. The Lakers are in an interesting situation with their cap situation going forward. I mean, they can pair LeBron with a superstar via trade uh, or via free agency, but, for this segment, I want to go a little more into that trade scenario because, as you mentioned before, it's four games in uh, without LeBron James. The Lakers are one and three during that time. And granted, historically speaking, at least over the last four or five years, Teams that have LeBron James and then don't have LeBron James uh, are typically much worse off because LeBron James is a very valuable player to have. That being said, in the four games the Lakers haven't had LeBron James, the young core they have, with the exception of a few players on a few nights, have been pretty underwhelming to the point where you see fans on Twitter Asking the question, you know, are are these guys at this point in their careers just trade assets or are they building blocks? Um, yes and and no for for both for, for both scenarios. It depends who's on the table when you're talking about a trade. Um, obviously, if it's an Anthony Davis type player, you're gonna put anybody and everybody who you know you can in that trade mm -hmm. for Anthony Davis. Um, if it's like a Bradley Beal type, you know, then you start to discuss, okay, well, you know, who's going to stay, who's going to go? Um, you know, at, at different times last season and even during this season, there there were players that you know Lakers fans and and even just other fans would say, 
maybe that's the guy out of the Lakers' young core. You know, they can keep and they can start to build something around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say even this season, we've we've had those individual moments with Josh Hart at the at the early start of the season. Uh, Lonzo Ball's had a couple stretches like that next to LeBron. Kyle Kuzma, especially with his fit with LeBron, and then mm-hmm. Brandon Ingram uh, when LeBron's not on the floor uh, is the guy that gets under the spotlight. And so there's you know guys specifically that we say, okay, well if there's going to be a trade, that guy can stick around. Um, now, since LeBron's out, the results are about the same as last year. The Lakers were one in three in these four games. LeBron should be back in the next game, but you know, here's the thing: of okay, you know, these guys showed they can't do it alone. You know, at what point does this start to hurt the Lakers' playoff chances beyond repair? And mm-hmm. you know, that's that's the time where they're like, okay, well, let's look to make a trade. You know, they need another star player if LeBron's on the floor or just to pair with LeBron. And so I, I think, and even myself, like, I, I start to question, okay, well, I said Brandon Ingram should be the untouchable guy. You know, he showed that maybe he can be a little bit expendable. Then I also remind myself, you know, he's also in his third season. <laughs> he's 21 mm-hmm. years old. You know, this isn't the final play- version of him as a player. And so I, I think fans are starting to forget what we said all summer of how this isn't the year for the Lakers. This is kind of a bridge year between when the star player is supposed to come and if the success comes immediately, then great. If it's going to take a little more time and patience, then so be it. And and even LeBron said that that it's going to take patience. It's not going to happen immediately. And it that's what's happening. And fans are getting impatient. Fans are starting to ask for trades. And I think, you know... It'd probably be best to stay the course. If you're going to make a trade, make it a trade involving Lance Stevenson, mm-hmm. uh, KCP even, even though he's playing super well, and I think we should mention that. Um, and, and any other player you can throw in to kind of get that you know, really, really good role player that you want next to LeBron, a la Wayne, Eving- Wayne Ellington, and, and, and players like him. So, you know, I think if there's going to be a trade made, at least right now or in the immediate future, it should be, you know, one of the, the role players and not necessarily one of the core uh, young four players. Yeah, because I think the the fundamental issues with the roster right now are the lack of scoring without LeBron James and uh, like we mentioned earlier, some of that can be contributed to Luke Walton's offense and it should, Uh, but it mostly has to do with the fact that, you know, there are players on the roster that cannot create their own shot. And if they can, they're typically not the best shots. I mean, you saw yesterday in the fourth quarter, Lakers were down double digits to the thunder Instead of keeping Lonzo Ball on the floor, uh, Luke Walton put Lance Stevenson back on the floor, and it upset a lot of fans. But, I mean, if you're down double digits and you need scoring, Lonzo Ball is a liability offensively. For all the good things he does on the floor, uh, if if you need a bucket, and I can't believe I'm saying this because I'm a, a big Lance critic, but if you need a bucket— uh, and LeBron James, Rajon Rondo, and Kyle Kuzma are out. Lance Stevenson's your best bet for a bucket, and, uh, and that was probably Luke Walton's line of thinking against the Thunder when you know they were 
trying to get back into that game when they were trying to buy a basket and they just couldn't. So I think more than anything, what the Lakers need to be targeting at the trade deadline isn't necessarily a blockbuster trade. Like, obviously, like you said, if, if a trade for Anthony Davis pops up at the trade deadline, pull the trigger. Uh, if not, though, I don't know if if there's going to be anybody available or um, I don't know if it's uh, necessary for the Lakers to gut their roster for an all-star or a fringe all-star when a lot of their issues can be fixed by just going out and trading for, you know, uh, a score like a Wayne Ellington or um, like a Terrence Ross, guys that can just put the ball in the basket, make open three-point shots, uh, because that alone is going to fix a lot of the Lakers' issues with their offense. Just getting guys uh, that shoot the three ball with confidence and that, you know, attack the rim, uh, just veteran guys that I think would would help this team a lot. So like a Leangelo ball. Precisely, yes. That's I I was trying to keep it discreet. I was trying to hide my fandom, but <laughs> yes, Leangelo ball. Uh, what's better than one ball boy? Two ball boys. So well, let's, I mean, let's get. <laughs> you said veteran score. I mean, he's been not only in you know he's played in high school, uh, college. Uh, overseas, JBA for a little bit. He played preseason games in college. That counts. That counts. <laughs> I'm telling you, the the G League's probably the next step, and then straight to the pros. Come on, the, the writing is on the wall. Depends what you mean by the pros. Uh, I don't know if he can go back to China and play in the CBA after uh, that choplifting incident. But uh, I, I, a, a professional basketball team, perhaps. I don't know, man. I, I kind of want to see him with the uh, Guangzhou Tigers, or is it Dragons? Um, you can play with Carmelo Anthony and and Nick Young probably soon. And, and Jimmer and and <laughs> and Stephon Marbury. I mean, we're talking about legends right here. So it's the the question is for me at this point of the season is if the Lakers did decide. This isn't working out. And to to some extent, I understand that line of thinking, not because I don't think the players that they drafted are going to be good players, but LeBron James is under contract for four years. And as much as, as has been made about how LeBron James makes the game easier on his players and how LeBron James can play with anybody there is a LeBron James type player uh, that he needs to win that you that you can argue. I mean, somebody that uh, can create their own shot, hit open shots, move the ball, make high uh, IQ basketball plays. And there are a, there are a few players amongst the young core that fit that mold. Josh Hart and Kyle Kuzma being the most prominent. Um, and Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram have been good at points during the season, but when you're looking at a LeBron James-led roster, they might not be, you know, the centerpieces you want to build around. Uh, you, they might be better used as trade assets to get a player, uh, specifically a point guard, in my opinion, that fits better alongside LeBron. <laughs> if you had to trade... Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram at the trade deadline 
and Anthony Davis was off the table, who would be the guy you'd be willing to give those guys up for? Um, that's a good question because, you know, in terms of probably ease to trade for a player, uh, you're probably looking at an expiring, and that means in all likelihood if they're going to make that kind of deal and they're going to go for a different point guard and mm-hmm. just the ease to trade for, and, and, and especially in terms of fit next to LeBron, a winner, a gamer, I'd go Kemba Walker. Yeah. I mean, he's as cold as they come. Uh, just a really solid player all around, can fill it up, which is kind of just the opposite of Lonzo's game. Um, and and like like you said, you know, someone who fits next to LeBron, who's gonna you know try to go out there and win games. For, not that you know players don't try to win games, but mm-hmm. you know, really you know is gonna tip the scales in your team's favor. Uh, Kemba's probably that guy. Uh, in terms of you know other you know, point guards, that's something I'd have to think a little bit harder about. Um, but in it, just in terms of ease of the trade, if you know there's going to be a trade happening, it'd probably be Kemba Walker. Is there another position on the roster that you think the Lakers could would benefit from netting somebody back? Mm, I mean, I mean, you can never have too many wings. Um, mm-hmm. Just if you can find a, a you know decent wing. I mean, I'm gonna say Trevor Reza's name, but like a Trevor Reza type. No, mm-hmm. you can't have too many guys like that. For me, and this is kind of a a lukewarm take. But I think if you're looking at point guards around the league that uh, could be attainable for the right price, uh, I'd start looking at another player on the Pelicans roster. And I I take a look at Drew Holiday because um, he's somebody that I wanted the Lakers to go after in free agency. Uh, They didn't for their reasons of going star chasing. They thought uh, they'd get a guy in the near future, and they did. Uh, But... You know, he, they also could have signed him for the max at the time, uh, which is around $25 million, which would have been a value contract. But I think if the if the Pelicans decide they're ready to move on from Anthony Davis and rebuild, but they're not willing to trade Anthony Davis to the Lakers because of all that has been made around that situation, I personally wouldn't mind trading Lonzo and Ingram for Drew Holiday, because I, I think he's that good. And I think he's uh, not just good, but I think he's the perfect point guard to play with with LeBron James. All right. Get it done, Rob. <laughs> um, we got a stretch of pretty, I don't want to say winnable, because, I mean, you know, it's this roster is very much like the, the team last year where, they can win any game or they can lose any game. Uh, so I want to say that this stretch of games coming up, uh, they sh- should win at least a few games. And it starts with Friday in L.A. against the New York Knicks, who have won nine games this season uh, and have no signs of getting better because who knows when Christoph Sprzingis is going to play again. So starting in, uh, starting on Friday against the Knicks, Grant, what are you thinking? I think that's the game they win. Uh, hopefully LeBron's playing. Hopefully that's not really a question of, you know, if the Lakers win, it's how much the Lakers will win by. Mm-hmm. Uh, even without LeBron, I think the Lakers have a good chance. 
to win that game. But, you know, like you said, you know, this is kind of like an up-and-down Lakers team without LeBron. Uh, like I said earlier in the show, you know, we were used to this from last year, from the years before that. And so not every game is a given. But uh, with or without LeBron, I think the Lakers can get it done. Then on Friday, Lakers will be visiting Minneapolis, Minnesota to take on the Timberwolves, who uh, I I don't from my memory, they just haven't matched up well against the Timberwolves. And I think it has to do with the the size they have up front, uh, some of which has been aided by Tyson Chandler. And that's why they won that game earlier this season is because, you know, of, of that Tyson Chandler block block that cemented his spot in Lakers history forever. So uh, I'm interested to see how they do against them, especially because they added more size in Dario Saric and, and Robert Covington. Yeah, uh, that's I, I can't really pick the game against the Timberwolves with a lot of confidence. Like you said, the Lakers, for whatever reason, don't really match up with them. History hasn't been in their favor. Um, although, you know, the Lakers will probably have LeBron James in that game. Mm-hmm. I think Oh my gosh! You can't believe even with the stretch of games that I just saw, the Lakers go two and zero in this stretch. <laughs> oh no, Grant, that's uh, we're getting into to Bolts prediction territory. Uh, Monday in Dallas, taking on the Mavericks, who the Lakers have won, uh, if I'm not mistaken, both games against this year, um, and that Brandon Ingram, Luka Doncic. Uh, matchup is one I'm super interested in because in the two matchups so far, Ingram has put the clamps on that guy. And uh, I love Luca. I think he's a very talented player. But if he's struggling against Ingram, I think uh, scouts around the league found the archetype to to lock down Luka Doncic, at least in his rookie year. Yeah, uh, I, it's it's tough because I think Luka's going to probably play a little bit better at home. Um I don't I don't know about this one, man. Am I teetering into like unsafe predictions right now? Because I'm I'm kinda leaning on the oh Lakers win. But this is I think this is a game the Lakers actually lose. Um I don't know. On the road, uh, against the Mavericks. They haven't really played well in uh American Airlines Center. I think it's mm-hmm. American Airlines Center. Yeah. Um over the last few years. And so I, I'm thinking they win. Uh, I'm thinking they lose. Sorry, but I mean, there's always the outside chance that they win with LeBron on their team. Uh, it, it's it's just going to be a tough game, I think, especially after playing, uh, you know, two. I think, I mean, well, you play the four bad games uh, in this last stretch, and then you have two more games upcoming that uh, I think they beat the Knicks. But it's going to be a tough, grinded out game against the Timberwolves. I don't know. I just think they're get caught slipping against the Mavericks. And then on Wednesday, they're back home to take on the Pistons, which I think will probably be LeBron James' first game back. I don't think he's back any time before then. I think that game against Detroit is going to be his first game back. And if it is, I think it's a game they win rather handily uh, because Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond are a very formidable front court against the Lakers' You know, not so impressive front court. I like Kuz and JaVale, but that's just not a very good matchup for them. Uh, but their bench is absolute hot garbage. 
Uh, their point guard position isn't much better, and I think for that reason, uh, the Lakers probably win that one. Uh, I'm going to give the Lakers the win. I, yeah. I'm just, I don't know, I'm being too optimistic, but I think you know, <laughs> LeBron's going to come back like he, uh, like, he went three down three one. Uh, he's down three one in the season right now. Even though the Lakers have the winning record and they're still in the playoffs, uh, I think we're going to see a, a different type of LeBron, a more engaged LeBron, a dominant LeBron. And so I think they'll go three and one in the stretch. That certainly sounds great, and I hope uh, that's what their record is next time out. Uh, until then, we will see you all next time. We put this episode out uh thanks as always for listening and if you like our show feel free to go on itunes and leave a review of our show and we will see you next time